One here in the second. Puck goes back to the blue line. Barry, left side, Nugent Hopkins. Now to Barry, right wing to McDavid. To Barry in the middle. Left side, Nugent Hopkins. Shoots! Scores! Ryan Nugent Hopkins off the left side. A power play goal. Oilers are up 2-1. to one. The Nuge delivers the game winner in Winnipeg. The final Oilers 3, Jets 1. The season series concludes between these two teams. The Oilers win 7 of 9. The Jets, by the way, have lost five in a row. Their record on the season now 27-19-3. The Oilers jump up to 29-16-2. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 9.52 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Well, Rob, the Oilers get another victory here. Totally different style of game than what we saw on Monday night. I want to start, though, with the Connor McDavid update because the numbers continue to be eye-popping. He gets three assists tonight. He has 15 points in his last three games. It's scary how good he's playing right now, and it's, they look effortless. It's as though every time he steps on the ice, uh, you know, he's probably going to have about a three- or four-night game. Uh, the opportunities there, the chances are there. It's not that he's getting these points because everything is going in for him and his line mates. It's just bulk. You know, if you if you throw enough chances at net, eventually, you know, if th 10 chances, you get three or four points each night. So uh, I, I think that the North Division is going to be happy next year when there's no North Division and they don't have to play nine times against Connor McDavid because right now uh, the defensemen in this division are going to have nightmares on a nightly basis because they just see him coming time and time and time again. And he's just creating, and he's playing the best hockey that we've ever seen him play, which is kind of nice going into this playoff uh, series coming up here against the Winnipeg Jets. Well, and speaking of playing really good hockey, he doesn't play a lot of hockey over the last two and a half months, but when he does, he's been excellent. And that is Miko Koskinen, who struggled in the first 12 or 13 games of the season when he played all the time, except when Skinner spelled him off for that one game. I think you have to applaud Koskinen here. In his 10 appearances since Smith came back, he has a 9.29 save percentage. And, and But often, Rob, he'd been playing every third or fourth game. He hadn't played in three weeks tonight. And that's not easy. It, it certainly isn't. And then you come in in a big situation playing against uh, a team that you're challenging or you're trying to stay ahead of in the standings, and you know that you're still trying to reel in the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he came in and was excellent. He was excellent early in this hockey game. There was a couple great chances. The one by Stasny where he makes an unbelievable save. Could have been a completely different hockey game had he uh, had that gone in the net. But he, he, he comes in, he gives them solid efforts each and every game, as you said, since uh, Mike Smith has come back. And that's why when we get the phone calls asking, we have almost every night, why, when is Stalock getting his chance? I'm like... Why? I, I don't understand why the question's out there. They've got Mike Smith, who's playing as good as any goalie in the National Hockey League, and they got a backup, as you said, was a 929 save percentage. They don't need another goaltender. They need these two rested and ready. The Oilers are set in net going into the playoffs. Okay, Oilers win at 3-1. Let's go into the Zoom room for Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes, and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Dave, uh, from your perspective, do you get a better read of maybe what you brought and what you got in a game like tonight where the opponent elevated their performance as opposed to maybe Monday? And is it more satisfying as a result seeing your guys dig in and find a way to get another win here? Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was kind of a hard-fought game. Not a lot going on in it. And uh, Koskinen made a couple big saves early for us. Um, but just just a lot, of, a lot of wall battles, a lot of battles for pucks. And uh, they competed hard. You know, we uh, our power play came through with a couple big goals for us. And, and uh, you know, it was kind of a, yeah, I don't know, just kind of a slugfest after that, just trying to find space out there so Koski was good our, our special teams uh, we got a big kill at the end also uh, helped us and we uh, we knew they were going to play hard they're a desperate team and I, I like the way our guys kind of hung in the game
since you've had both goaltenders, uh, Koskinen's got a 9.29 save percentage in his 10 appearances. Just a thought. I mean, he hasn't seen a lot of work, but uh, what's he? You know, what's impressed you about you know what he's done maybe in practice uh, and and that's resulted in you know some success here when he when he has gone in between the pipes. Uh, uh, Koski is a worker. He works hard every day. Um, you know, Dustin does a great job with him. They have, they have a great relationship. So even though he hasn't probably been playing as much as he'd like, he stays ready. And, you know, tonight's a great example of that. He come out in a, in a big game and, and we need him to make some good, you know, some big stops for us. And he played very well. So uh, full credit to him, making sure he's ready. And, and uh, Schwartzy making sure that they get the work in they need. And he, he comes out and plays a real strong game for us. Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Dave, you talked about the slugfest defensively, you know, more so known for his offense, but you know, Tyson Berry and Caleb Jones both had some, some kind of really timely good defensive plays. Can you talk about just your group in front of Miko tonight defensively? Yeah, I was, you know, there's lots of, uh, you know, lots of corner play, wall play, where it's a combination of physical play and a combination of being able to make a play in, in a tight, uh, tight situation under pressure. So those guys are both guys that can move the puck. They make plays under pressure, but they're, you know, they're forced into a, you know, a hard competing game also. So, you know, our guys, our guys hung in there. We found a way to win. Ryan McLeod's second game. We saw his speed a lot more. He looked more assertive. Did you yeah. did you see that? Just a young player looking maybe more comfortable in the second game? Yeah, I think he always got some jitters the first game, but I, I thought he was solid the first game. But as he continues to grow here, he'll get more and more comfortable. He's He looks like he's comfortable with the puck right now. He's not intimidated by the situation at all. When the puck comes to him, he's looking to make plays, looking to hold it when he when he has to. And uh, so he'll continue to he'll continue to move along. He's uh, he's a real good young player that I think there's only upside with him right now. Ryder Shrog, TSN. Dave, uh, what have you thought of Ryan Nugent Hopkins since he's come back from his injury? He's played real well. Played real well. He does a lot of things in the game that go unnoticed that when you start looking at a game on tape, there's a lot of things that he does well. Touches a lot of parts of our game. Power play, penalty kill. You know, now we're, we're trying to get that line up and going, trying to find a little more balance in our group. So he's uh, he's played very well since he's come back. Yeah, it's been, been a few games where you've had that look. How have you felt about that configuration with those two lines, the way they've been? And did you feel like that, that dry side of line settled in a little bit tonight? Yeah, I think they've got more comfortable each game here we had them together so it's uh we'll see how it goes I, I like the way Cahoon has actually played up there too he's been he's been pretty solid up there also so we're still uh you know we've got what is it nine games left here we, we're still we still got some tinkering to do but we'll try to find the right mix last two questions Mark Spector Sportsnet yeah, along that vein Dave do you feel like you're getting you know the trade deadline comes and goes and you bring in a player but you know the third line center where well, you kind of get him in McLeod all of a sudden and and yeah. Cahoon's filling in that left wing spot you're you're you know Pujarvi's playing a solid game of hockey here yeah. uh you're kind of building from the guys you have uh, is it making well, your team yeah. better I would think yeah that's that's you know we've it's been a unique year that way spec because you got you know you got this taxi squad all around so you you you've got a good selection of players you can you can pick from and there's some veteran guys that probably haven't played as much as they'd like but we're trying to find the right mix um mcleod's had such a good year we wanted to give him a look uh kulikov's come in and he it'll take him some games to get up to speed here i thought the first game he was real strong tonight uh, um you know, there was some puck battles that you'd like to see him a little cleaner plays on, but he's uh, he's a good veteran player. They'll come in, so we got to continue to get our group together. You know, it's it's a, it's just a it's it's a different year. We got you know you're carrying 30 players on the road in regular season. That's normally a playoff mindset. So uh, we got lots of guys that want to play and lots of options, and uh, we're probably going to need all that depth as uh, as we move along here with so many games in a few amount of days, but. Uh, right now, the guys we had in the last couple of games have done a nice job. Now, will you, when you shape your lineup over these last nine games, I know you said this morning you're going to play, maybe get a couple guys in who haven't played, that sort of thing. Are you worried about having all your players ready for the playoffs, or are you worried about moving up in the standings? If, if first place is attainable, are you playing hard for it, or are you more just trying to get your guys ready? 
we're trying to get our team ready. Our team, if we play and continue to build our team game the way we hope, the standings will take care of themselves. So we have to make sure that our, our game continues to improve. There's little things we talk about every day that try to... Uh, try to move our game forward some of it is line combinations personnel some of it's some structure stuff but all the little parts of the game that need to be clicking at the right time that's what we're working on every day and uh and we'll continue to do that right down the stretch here thank you this concludes tonight's media availability that is Dave Tippett. His Edmonton Oilers win 3-1 in Winnipeg. So, yeah, 7-2 the Oilers take the season series against the Jets, including winning the last six. Yeah, Rob, we were talking about Koskinen and, and Tippett touched on it there. That You never dealt the, the work ethic or the effort that he puts in. Clearly a better goaltender when he doesn't have to carry the load and and play every game and it's I think it's reassuring and it has to be more confident for the players as well and I don't think they would ever say it but earlier in the season there might have been some games where you're feeling a little bit like uh oh you don't really get that sense with Koskinen anymore no you don't and funny from a few months back to today if the playoffs were to start tomorrow I think the Edmonton would be the Oilers would be the most comfortable team with goaltending going into the playoffs you know, Montreal's got Price injured. Toronto has uh, Anderson injured, and and both Campbell and, and Riddich have struggled at times. And the Winnipeg Jets, Halibut hasn't been as great as uh, against the Oilers as they would hope. He was better tonight, and their backup Bersois, uh, he he doesn't. I mean, he he's not uh, a Koskinen or a Smith. So the Oilers actually going into the playoffs probably feel the best of any team with what they have in in net and. Uh, their Koskinen got off to a tough start, but he was put in a tough position by the team. They they didn't have a third string goaltender. He had to play every night. This was a a weird season, by the way. When the season started, uh, not having a proper training camp, no exhibition games, and now you're asking this goaltender to play every second night, and it affected him and it affected the team. But once he got the proper rest, you're seeing what he's capable of doing. And right now. Uh, if going into the playoffs, the Oilers feel they and, and, and are confident in both goaltenders playing on any given night. And Koskinen has shown the ability to st- sit for long stretches of time and when given that chance, to play well. And that's what he did tonight. So that that is a very big positive for the Edmonton Oilers over the final stretch of games and then going into the playoffs. And that's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. Special teams turned out to be big tonight. There were not a lot of penalties. The Oilers were 2 for 3 on the power play. The Jets were 0 for 1. They got a power play in the last 5 minutes of the third period. Oilers did a very good job killing it off. And I mean, look, the Oilers' power play obviously has been good for the last two seasons, but they needed it tonight. And, you know, again, Rob, to reference things that have changed a lot from the first dozen games of the season, Tyson Berry blasting away, scores tonight, and then winds up getting an assist from the high point on the second goal of the game. That was Nuge's game winner. Well, with him back there on the, the point and shooting, it just opens up so many more options for the Oilers on the power play, and it, it it makes it tough on the defenders. Most power plays, if you if you look around the league, they've got a certain player that's a shooter, they've got a certain player that's a passer, and they, everyone has a defined role. The Oilers don't. The Oilers got McDavid that'll shoot and pass, Drysett will shoot and pass, Nugent Hopkins shoot or pass. Barry, there's the fear when Barry gets the puck, is he going to one-time it? And if you start going out too high to block or get in the lane, now he slides it back. And now it opens that cross ice from McDavid to either Drysdale or Nugent Hopkins. So Barry's ability to put the puck on, and he's not, there's guys that we've seen in the past that are good at getting pucks through on net, and they create chances that way. Well, Barry can do that, but he also, he's a guy that can score from the point. He can beat goalies with his shot. It's heavy, and he places it perfectly. The goal that he scored tonight, at, when you look from behind, they had a great camera angle of the shot from behind. There was no, you couldn't see the goalie, and there was very little space. The, the, the defender coming out did a good job getting in the shooting lane, but there was just enough space that he had about two inches to the left or to the right of the, the defenseman's pads and two inches to, just inside the post, and he hit it. So Barry has given them a, a new dimension, and 
When the Oilers don't score on the power play nowadays, it's almost more surprising because they look that... Um, I mean, it, it's it's that good right now, the way they move the puck around. they can shoot, and, it, and then you watch the Winnipeg. They got some pretty good players on their power play, yet they were befuddled by the penalty killers, and they don't look as dangerous. The Oilers look dangerous the entire time they're out in the power play, and I think that bodes well for them going into the playoffs where power play becomes so much more important you don't get as many so you have to capitalize on the ones you get tyson berry with the goal and the assist is our fourth star of the game for mr mike steakhouse casual order your game day meal for takeout or delivery check out the menu at mr mikes.ca the three stars tonight mcdavid one wheeler two who was all over the score sheet he scored the Jets only goal and took all six of their penalty minutes and Ryan Nugent Hopkins selected as the third star and, and and Rob you know like I said not a lot of penalties called probably both teams wanted a couple more it was one of those nights where not a lot were called and I, I'm not that isn't uh, critical the way it was last Wednesday with the Oilers and the Canadians I think the refs did a good job tonight um, but that you know five minutes left you take a penalty that's tense the Oilers never looked tense. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they worked hard. Archibald getting the puck down the ice. Haas getting pucks down the ice. Shore chasing pucks down. It, it was just a good, all-round, solid penalty kill to win the game. It, it was. And the thing that the Oilers have now, they got guys who whose role is simply to penalty kill. They got the guys in the third and fourth lines that they're not hoping for a penalty, but when the penalty is taken late in the hockey game, they're excited about the fact that they're going to get to go out there and have a positive or could have a positive impact on a hockey game. And the willingness to get in shooting lanes, the, the battle level, the compete, getting pucks over the blue line, chasing it down, forcing bad plays, bad passes. Uh, at no point did the Winnipeg Jets get set up and comfortable on their power play. So that that's just guys understanding what the role is and, and relishing the chance. And the penalty killers, they don't get the glory uh, and the celebrations after a power play goal that the, the Leons and the Connors do, but just as important and sometimes more important. So tonight, the Oilers' goaltending was better, their power play was better, and their penalty killing was better. And that's the team they're playing against in the playoffs. That is good. That's a recipe for success, and that's why they won tonight's hockey game. The Oilers win at 3-1. That's a $300 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates Serious Injury Lawyers. They're given 100 bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season. Okay, you can get in touch by calling or texting 780-496-0063. It's the hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. We have Tony standing by. Good evening, Tony. Go ahead, sir. How's it going, guys? Good. Um, I just got a question because, like, I'm not trying, I'm not, you know, upset or anything about that because of, of his play. I just want to know how long it usually takes for a player to get kind of situated with the new team, like what ha- what's happening at Kulikov, because I know when Barry first started, you know, he was getting a lot of hate because, oh, you know, he's not doing anything. Oh, he's not very protective. And then all of a sudden, bam, he's one of our top defensemen. I just want to know how long does it take usually for – a team to, or a guy to adapt? Hey, uh, it usually takes an offensive player longer. It's tougher to score goals. It's easier to work just hard. Um, I think if there was ever a, a knock on Kulikov's game, is that uh, the big mistake? And we saw two of them tonight. Uh, the, the one where he brought the puck out in front of his net, it doesn't matter how whether it's the first game with a new team or the 50th game, that's just a mental mistake. You don't, in a close hockey game, carry the puck out in front of your own net when you're being chased. Um, he's going to get better, but there, I mean, he's not coming in here. He's not going to be a first-pairing defenseman. There are warts in his game. He's been on a few teams as of the last couple of years, but what he brings is a physical force. You saw tonight laid out DeMello, and then... He and Shifley hit each other. And you saw Shifley look back like, did I just run into a brick wall? So there's good and bad in his game. And the good is going to outweigh the bad, but there will be some some blemishes. And uh, whether it's his first or 20th game, you're going to still see them. They just hope that uh, they're going to be fewer and f- 
fewer and further between when he starts making mistakes. But uh, tonight, his game was not near as good as the first game. Oilers win 3-1 over the Jets. So the uh, they're obviously going to clinch a playoff spot. Could happen uh, officially here in the next few days. Vancouver got nothing tonight in a loss to the Ottawa Senators. The Senators took that one 6-3 as we update the scoreboard. For Edmonton Trailer, looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The Blues came from behind in the third to beat the Wild 4-3. Late in the second period, Sharks up 3-2 on the Coyotes. Halfway through the third, Anaheim and Los Angeles tied at 2. Golden Knights knock off the Avalanche 5-2. And the Maple Leafs have finally clinched a playoff spot for, well, not finally, uh, but officially uh 4-1 I guess I shouldn't say finally Rob they're the first team in the division to do it uh but it was inevitable 4-1 win over the Montreal Canadiens with Austin Matthews getting his 35th of the season and the Oilers farm team good night for the Bakersfield Condors a 6-2 win over the Henderson Silver Knights with Brad Malone getting a hat trick including a shorthanded goal tonight also scored two power play goals nice special teams performance for him as uh, the Condors win over Henderson Blue Jays lost 8-2 to the Washington Nationals okay we'll go back to the certainty hotline we have Jordan standing by good evening Jordan go ahead hey boys uh yeah just quick uh say thanks to um to Mooner and Stoffer for a great call. I, I couldn't watch the game, so I was out in the field plowing for the community gardens here. A uh, shout out to Greenhaven, but uh, I just, I, I really have to say, you know, the whole refing situation, first of all, like, it's so easy to forget that uh, we're on the other side of what <laughs> we always feel like the refs are hating the Oilers. I mean, they miss these calls, and we all know they do miss them, but I think we forget that refs are humans too, and for every bad night, there's a night where maybe there was that critical call, uh, the missed trip on Mueller, and I just feel like, you know, it comes out in the wash, and we just can't forget that, you know, you got to take the good with the bad, and, and you know, every, every night is rolling the dice with the rest of this year, and I feel like we forget they're human, too. I've, I've heard that a few of the top guys are out for the year, and some have retired, um, and it's tough on them, too, and they're just human. So uh, unless we get that eye in the sky that can, <laughs> can whistle from up top, you know, it's just going to be a bit random every night. And I just feel on the same note, you have uh, our top two defensemen and Barry and Nurse. And at times, they, especially Barry early on, like and even the other night last week, was kind of making a read in the defensive zone. You think, oh, that's not really top pairing, you know, material there. But you kind of take the good with the bad because, you know, he's worth it on the balance. So um, I just think, you know, let's push for the playoffs here and hope we get Cass and uh, Kara back healthy 100% soon as possible. Yeah, thanks, Jordan. Good, good thoughts for sure. And uh, yeah, I think ultimately the, the the refing usually does balance out in the end. And and last Wednesday's game, uh, again, Rob, you made the point that you just thought it was a dangerous game all round mm-hmm. with with cross checks flying both ways. And I, that should have been a trip on Neil. Was that uh, yep. that was in the second period? Yeah, that that should have been a trip for sure. But I mean, the Oilers are going to sit there and say, okay, well, that's makes up for the one where Weber hacked down. I mean, Weber, you know, McDavid three or four weeks ago. So it does, it does even out and uh, you got to cash in on the chances when you get them. And the Oilers were able to do that tonight. Three, one victory. Okay. We got to take a quick timeout. Uh, we'll get to more of your phone calls. You're also going to hear from Miko Koskinen and the Nuge. This is Hartland Ford overtime open line. He'll come out from behind the net in a moment. Just waiting back there. Gets flushed out of there, but is given away in front. Here's Stashny and the big save made wow. by Koskinen. Oh, what a chance for Stashny. Good game by Miko Koskinen. 29 stops for the victory. The Oilers take it 3-1 back into the Zoom room for Mattress Superstore. Here's Koskinen. Uh, Miko, uh, very good game tonight. How difficult was it for you in that you had not played a game in three weeks? Yeah, obviously the schedule has been a little bit weird lately, and uh, it's not ideal. But you know, meantime, I got a lot of time to prepare for this game, and it helped. Um, the save in the first couple of minutes on Paul's Dassey, it looked like you made the save, and then you got up with your leg before it went in the net. That's obviously a very big save early in a hockey game to, to stop the Jets from getting one nothing lead. Yeah, I was kind of lucky there. I, I saw he was going to make the pass, but somehow still I could move really well there. And um, I think he is somewhere in my body. I don't even know where. Ryan Rashog, TSN. Nico, in the time that you've been with the Oilers, have you seen the team um, 
as strong as it seems to be right now? Kind of as confident in in figuring out ways to win games. Like, is this is this as good as you've been since you've been here? Yeah, no, it's like more more consistent. Like we're every night we're coming out like the same way, basically, and that that helps and. We've been playing like really well, and um, if you compare the start of the year and now, I think there's a huge, huge step for our team so far. And there's still like more, like we can still play better and grow, grow even more, be a better team in the end of the year. Is this a different challenge for you, Miko? You're not obviously not getting quite the same playing time that you were last year. Staying ready um, with these sort of long layoffs and such, how big a challenge is it? And I mean, obviously you played very well tonight, so you know you're having some success with it. Yeah, of course it's uh, it's different right now, but um, you still need to be ready every every day. You never know what's going to happen, and uh, Smitty has been played like be playing like excellent lately so I just need to be ready when it's my turn and uh, that's that's my job right now last question Jason Greger TSN 1260 Miko can you talk about the new mask what uh what, what's the motivation for it to what's behind it uh that's actually for the our our third jersey the navy one but I haven't played for home games for a while, so I decided to wear it in, uh, tonight. Okay. And um, you, you talked a little bit about it with Ryan, just, you know, getting into that, that rhythm when you're not playing lots. What do you do in practice when you're not starting as much to ensure that you're that you're sharp? Because, you know, you got a 929 save percentage since Mike came back. Like, you've been really good in limited time. What have you been doing in practice to stay sharp? Uh, obviously, Swartzy, the golden coach, is doing a really good job with me. Like we work every every day, like uh, different things, and try to variate the game as much as possible. And uh, you know, now this year it's been a little bit different too, because we have like a lot of guys who are not playing, which which actually helps me too. So we we can create a little bit more game like situation in uh, in the practice, and I think that's been uh, one factor which which helps, helps me. There is Miko Koskinen, winning goaltender tonight. Edmonton takes it 3-1 in Winnipeg. Roadhammer writes in, he says, you should add a new segment to the show. Call it Miko and the Nuge. Uh, be, uh, I don't think that's, I think that's an idea for a pilot for maybe a detective show, Rob, or you think more of an odd couple type comedy? Um, actually, I, I'm not sure what either of them are like as roommates, but it would be interesting to see, put them together in a room, see what they're like. I think that'd be good. I'd, I'd tune in. I got a lot of free time. There's no new Netflix shows out right now, so that's a good idea. Yeah, there's there's nothing on Netflix, Rob. That's a good point. <laughs> it, it's like seriously. Well, I've been I've been living at home for a long time. I've been off work a bit too. I've gone through just about everything, and Netflix and Crave and Amazon Prime. You want to know about a show? Ask me. I've seen them all. Oh, interesting. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe we'll do that a little later on tonight. 780-496-0063. Let's bring, uh, let's go to Stu, Kellen. Let's bring Stu on overtime open line. Stu, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, it's Rockin' Stu. How are you doing? Good. Um, well, Ottawa and Edmonton are like a joke because uh, the, the uh, Oilers destroyed them all, all games, nine straight. Right, and uh, Calgary is. So I'm thinking right now. I'm thinking of what's my what I'm thinking. Uh, it's five three for uh, Edmonton over Calgary, but Montreal. They can't be Montreal. My roommate is a Montreal fan, and he just keeps rubbing it in. Right, um, with uh, Winnipeg, they got Winnipeg's number. Toronto. Um, they can't beat Toronto, but when it comes to the playoffs, I think Edmonton's going to finish second. All right. I think they're going to finish second. So when they play Toronto in the playoffs, they're going to destroy them. Yeah. All right. Well, it'll be fun finding out. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it is kind of interesting how the matchups have, uh, have turned out Rob, because, 
He's right. I mean, it's been a tough, uh, tough matchup for the Oilers against the Canadians. Uh, we've seen Winnipeg was doing well against Toronto until they had their series uh, last week. So, uh, yeah, it's not like okay, well, Toronto's finishing first, and they've done they've they've crushed everybody. Some teams have done better against. Uh, against the Leafs than, than other teams. I mean, look, when it, when it gets into the postseason, um, we'll see, as we've seen numerous times in, well, not just recent seasons, in the history of hockey, sometimes uh, you watch a series and it's like, oh, yeah, that, they crushed them all regular season, but, and it happened again. And then sometimes somebody turns the tables or Tampa Bay wins 60 games and gets swept in the first round. So all we have to go on right now is what we've seen in the regular season. But I, I do think that from what we've seen, Montreal might be the toughest matchup for Edmonton if they play. That, that It doesn't look like that would happen before the second round. Well, I don't think they'll see Montreal. I think that Edmonton, Toronto are the two best teams in the in the North, and Edmonton will play Winnipeg and Toronto and Montreal. And then my guess and probability has Toronto and Edmonton in the second round. I think that's going to be fun. I think that uh, the Winnipeg Jets uh, need to get healthy for one if they want to have any chance against the others. They need Ehlers back and Lowry back. To me, Ehlers is their best player, and without him in the lineup, they just lose some spark. Uh, but the problem for Winnipeg is their back end. They have nobody that can uh, slow down Connor. And uh, Toronto-Montreal will be a fun series to watch, but I just don't think Montreal has the scoring depth to be able to match Toronto. I think they could keep games close, and but it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. I think the it's been a, an interesting and fun regular season, having all the Canadian teams play against each other. I think it's going to ramp up a little bit when you have them in the playoffs. Toronto-Montreal first round, that'd be incredible. Edmonton-Winnipeg, this goes back to the 80s when they used to play against each other all the time. So uh, I'm looking forward to the playoffs, and I'm sure the players are, but they still have some unfinished business, and that's the next nine games. 3-1, the Oilers take it. Whenever they score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Chet.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer from Japanese Village Restaurants, now offering takeout. Complete details, JV Edmonton. .ca. Okay, we have Rocket standing by on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Rocket, go ahead. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good. I've just been taking an extensive look at NHL.com while I've been listening to you guys, and there's one stat that really stands out with me these days, and it's the fact that we are one, two, three, four, five, tied for sixth in goals against. In the entire NHL. That's good. That's a that's a remarkable stat. Given the last two weeks, you know we're seven two and one. Uh, sorry, we're yeah we're seven two and one with two wins, and uh, our goals for the rest of the stats points percentage points. You know, if you're if you're into the statistical kind of thing, we're we're hovering at 12th, but we have games in hand on all of the teams above us. So when this is all done, because it's such a weird year, how do you think this all shakes out in terms of evaluating where the Oilers are really? Well, that's what well, the playoffs that's are a good, for. That's a good question. I think <laughs> I mean, the playoffs will go a long right, way towards that. It, it's funny. You can look around the National Hockey League and you look, say, at uh, Philadelphia and the Rangers, and you say, wow, they didn't have the seasons they would wanted. I mean, they're, they're on the outside looking in. But then you look, well, they're actually in really tough divisions. Would, would the Rangers be in the playoffs if they played against different teams? Uh, are the Oilers as good as they are, or do they have a weak division? I mean, you don't know because there's no comparison because the teams aren't playing each other until you get into the playoffs. And that's why I think this is such an interesting year. You get to the final four, anything can happen because, uh, for example, two teams, that the winning team that comes out of the division with um, Pittsburgh and Washington and, and those teams, they could be absolutely beat up by the time they get to the final four just because it's going to be such physical hockey as opposed to I mean, Edmonton plays Winnipeg. Winnipeg Jets, they're no hitters nowadays. Toronto is not a physical hockey club. team that comes out of the north is going to be a little bit fresher. So uh, you won't really know what this season meant 
uh, or what the what the the stats mean simply because you're only playing against your own division until you get into the playoffs in the final four then you're going to start seeing the best of each division and then you'll see how tough the rest of the divisions are okay we got a break for the news and weather here we got robert up next on the open line we are also looking for a contestant to finish the play 780-496-0063 if you like winning stuff give us a call and you'll also hear from ryan nugent hopkins oilers take it 3-1 this is heartland ford overtime open line Yeah, Rocket called in about the Oilers' goals against. So I'm looking back here just the last few games. So uh, goals against going backwards from tonight. 1-1-4-1-0-5-1-2-3-2-4. That's going back till the end of uh, March. And you can probably guess which games they lost either in regulation or overtime. I mean, it's, it's r- remarkable that most of the games they have allowed two goals or fewer well it shows you two things one they're getting excellent goaltending which they have uh and, and two they're playing a much sounder defensive game uh they, they're not giving up a number of easy opportunities they're not turning the puck over in the neutral zone they're they're understanding their roles getting pucks in deep getting pucks out the battle level, the compete level is much better. Uh, this this team, and I know that one of the questions was asked to, to Koskinen, is this the best team you've seen in front of you? And for you and I watching, yeah, this is the best Oiler team we I've seen. Probably, and I've been out, this has been 15 years. This might be the best team I've seen in 15 years. Where when they go into a game, I, I mean, I'm fairly confident that a they're going to be have a have a good game because they've been fairly consistent. I have a feeling that they're going to have good goaltending, and that Connor and Leon, but Connor is going to have a, a fantastic night offensively. Uh, I have full confidence every time the game starts that the others are going to be victorious. And I've had other years where I beginning of the game, I well they're going to lose tonight. And I just had that feeling, and it's the opposite. I just, that's why I, I, I just looked at the schedule a couple days ago and saw they had 11 games left. I put them at going nine and two, and that was just out of boredom or out of just the odds that they're going to lose two games because they are that good right now. Now, they're still, I believe the Leafs are good too, and I think that's going to be a good series. But right now, the Edmonton Oilers are playing as good as I've ever seen them play in the 15 years that I've been doing the show. Well, the thing is, Rob, and I know it's a bit of a cliche, but they can win different ways, and they're in every game. And I, I know they've had some some stinkers, but even on those nights, on a, a couple occasions, there were other factors that, that might have gone into it as well. I mean, generally, um, they if they're going if they're going to the third period, even if they're within a goal or two there's reason to keep watching because they have had a few comebacks and they've made some games interesting, even if they hadn't won. And in terms of the winning different ways, okay, you know, they can score six, they can score five, but they can go into a third period in a game like tonight and play a relatively quiet period and stay calm. And, and so many little things are helping this year. I'm just going to single out one play. And Jesse Pugliarvi had a point streak going into this game of four game so good for him he didn't get a point tonight but there is a play in the third period the the jets had a rush it was like you know a three on three kind of a typical rush and they got a shot on net and the rebound was right there in front and puliarvi was the first guy back and he he was all the way back down to the top of the crease rob and that's a detailed play that we haven't seen well i guess prior to the last couple of years that that we we hadn't seen be a habit for the Oilers. And, and I think a lot of the forwards now, most of the time, that is a habit for them to get back and to get down that low and to help take care of the rebounds. Well, I, I think it starts with your star players. I think they're much better defensively and conscious of it than they have been in the past. Um, and, and if your star players, and, and we see it in a bunch of different aspects. When your star players are good defensively, well, you're kind of forced to do the same. Because if, if the guy that scores 100 points or the guy that scores 50 goals is getting down deep, being a good outlet pass, 
in front of the net, getting in shooting lanes, well, you really have no excuse not to. When your star players are physical, and we saw that against the Montreal Canadiens, two of the most physical players uh, that played with edge in that game were Connor and Leon. And again, well, you're sitting on the bench and Leon Dreisaitl runs somebody over. You're like, oh, well, I, you know, I really can't not go out there and finish my checks because the guy that scores 50 is doing it. And that's not even his job. So the Oilers, their compete level and battle level uh, and commitment to detail is as good as it's ever been. And you don't see uh, the five, six, seven minutes um, parts of the game where they get absolutely dominated, where they're stuck in their own zone, where they're just uh, treading water, just trying to stay, keep their head above t- for till the next time Connor does something special. Uh, they're playing complete games. And a, a big part of it, and Dave Tippett referenced it, and so did Koskin when he talked about the number of players they have. There's inner competition amongst the players to get in the lineup. And the choice for Dave Tippett to put the players in the lineup, he's got about 29, 30 players. So there is a big pool of players to be put in. So A, the players are fresher. And B, if you're not, if you have an off game, you're not playing the next game. And an off game means not doing the little things. It's it's not about energy. It's not about uh, physicality. It's, okay, here's the details. Here's where I want you to be. Here's where you need to be. You can't cheat defensively. Because if you cheat defensively, I got nine guys right now that are scrimmaging every day by themselves just waiting for that chance and i think that's what's made the oilers a better hockey team this year is the competition for ice time is like it's never been before so you've got to be on your game every time you play okay seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the certainty hotline we have robert standing by robert go ahead hey guys how you doing good so uh What's the power play at after tonight, after going two for three? Oh, I got to update it. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll quickly do the math. That means you got to help me, Rob. Oh. <laughs> what uh, other I points will... do you have tonight, Robert? What do you want to yeah. talk about? Do, give another point while I calculate it. Yeah, well, I guess tonight I want to I talk about Koskin and Einstein. Is, I mean, like, I've been... I've been one of the ones that's called in and said, you know, I asked about maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Staylock should play, but, but I mean, no, I've, I'm starting to, I've, uh, I'm, I'm seeing that now that like that, that, that Staylock is, uh, is strictly that he's strictly that safety net because Koskinen, he did, he did not, he did not look like he, he hadn't played a game in three weeks. No, he looked good. Twenty-six point eight percent, Robert. So there you go. I just had to get the sheet that had the uh, goals and attempts. So twenty-six point eight percent for the power play. Appreciate that. Uh, Derek writes in and says, "How's it going to work with the playoffs with COVID? What happens if a team or more than one team gets COVID? Do they just forfeit?" Well, no, they would. Well, actually, would you try know what? Though I did read an article today uh, or yesterday, and they did mention the fact that if teams, if a team gets it, that they're they are in discussions about a team forfeiting if all of a sudden it goes through their whole team. Oh, but it's not. But it's not automatic. Like uh, that's what I'm, I'm well, saying. It's not it's as not simple as okay, are, forfeit. But they are talking about it though. As I mean, the, a possibility because their job is to get through the playoffs and whatever it takes. And if something happens where a Vancouver Canucks situation, well, that team well, is if now it, if done. If it got that bad, if it got yeah. that bad, they could be out of the playoffs. But yeah. I'm saying just having. No, I don't know if the texter meant everybody in like a Vancouver situation or a few guys on the list, like we've seen in other situations th- this season. But they're also saying the Canadian winner might have to play the third and fourth round in the in U.S. The States. Yep. Yeah. No, That's, quite possible. But lots. Well, there's, uh, also, lot... there's a chance that the the four Canadian teams, like, are they going to be able to inter travel too? We we don't know when it gets there, but right now there's no travel into BC supposedly. Oh, I guess, but then again, Vancouver's not it. Never mind, take that one back. But if they were to make the playoffs, Toronto right now, is there, or Manitoba, doesn't Manitoba have no one allowed to go into? I'm not even sure. Well, the Oilers are there. Yeah, it's true, but I thought there was, they were supposed to be talking about closing the borders, but I guess it's all a possibility. I have read some things too. No. I guess we got, what, two and a half weeks till the playoffs start now? Three? Yeah. Okay, Shanda's on the line. Shanda's going to finish the play. Hey, you already have a $50 sawmill gift card just for playing. Did you want to talk about the game tonight or do you just want to do the contest? 
I'll just do the contest. I'm just heading to work, so. Oh, wow. Okay. Go ahead, Kellen. There, Jetso for one on the power play. Long pass to Yamamoto out of the box. A breakaway. The shot. Oh, what a stop by Hellebuck. He got it with a glove as Kyler Yamamoto was outright robbed. Okay, Yamamoto out of the penalty box, Shanda. He was in the penalty because he was assessed a minor penalty for slashing or pass interference. Slashing. I'm going to go. Oh, I watched it. Slashing. Say um, slashing. Slashing. <laughs> it was slashing. Very good. Where are you going to work? Are you allowed to say? Uh, I'm a, I'm a frontline worker. Well, thank you very much for everything you do. Have a safe thank shift, you. okay? And thanks for uh, always having a good after show, you guys. Well, we enjoy doing it. Thanks for listening. And Shanda's name is going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics, courtesy PF Customs Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. We're going to have nightmares about you whispering, slashing. <laughs> she needed a little help because that was a tough one because he really did interfere with the pass as well. Well, that's a good point. stick out of I his hand, so there I you go. I should have said roughing the quarterback. <laughs> or I should have said for slashing or Boreas Salming. That would have been There you choice. go. They, although I might have picked Boris Solomon just so I could say his name again. Uh, Jason says, do you think there could be agreements in place for Larson and or Barry that they've agreed to, contra to contracts, but they're not going to sign them until after the expansion draft to help protect more players? Yes. I don't, I, you think that's possible, Rob? I don't know. Yeah, I think it is, yeah, absolutely. I think both players want to play here. I really do. So I think that they will say, talk to the agents, okay, here's what we're offering. Would you like that? Okay, well, why don't we wait a week or two, and then we'll sign it then. So I, I do believe that could be in place. I'm not sure you don't know for sure. Though. And it could well, always change until it's actually on paper. Well, absolutely. Everything can change. But I do believe that you'll have a, there will be a gentleman's agreement and that say, okay, when this is said and done, then we're going to sign these contracts, and you guys can come back. I, I think both players want to play here. Actually, I got a really good text today. Someone texted me, said, if you could only pick one, would you pick Barry or Clefbaum? And I said, well, actually, a year ago, it would have been an easy decision. But all, Tyson Barry has been that good that you can sorry, if you only have one of those two players, it, it makes it an interesting discussion to see which one you would find more valuable to your team now. Trent from up north says, uh, Yessi Pugliarvi is going to be a star for years. The way Holland handled the situation is a big reason why the Oilers are where they are. And uh, Trent also says uh, Nurse should be on the Norris ballot. I, I know Hedman's a favorite there. I've seen Adam Fox's name popping up a lot lately as well. Rob, you know, uh, you know in the north, Petrie's having. But, you know, you vote for five. I would think Nurse is going to be on, on several ballots. I don't know if he'll win it. It, it, it's weird because I, I see Fox's name a lot, and I did actually, actually Fernando Busani was on the ice with him this morning. He showed me a, a video of Fox, this play he made at the blue line that was unbelievable. But up until this year, I never really knew who, who Fox was. And now they're talking about him in the same breath as Hedman, as a, a guy up for the Norse. That's the problem this year is you don't get to see any other players. Uh, and all these guys are having fantastic seasons that we don't get to see. But... The way that Nurse has played this year, he certainly should be in the conversation. I, Hedman, I haven't seen Hedman's game this year, but I know how good Hedman is. And he's probably going to win it. But Nurse is having a fantastic season, and it's not just offensively. It's not just defensively. He does everything and is worthy of any type of um, applause that he gets from around the league because he, he has had that good a season. Okay, Oilers take it 3-1. Nuge had the game winner. You'll hear from him next. Barry, Nugent Hopkins, and Dreisaitl into an empty net. Wheeler had the only goal for the Jets. The Oilers take it 3-1. Connor McDavid, three assists, 15 points in his last five games. Nuge's game winner was on the power play. Here he is. Um, 
I don't know exactly what it is. I mean, we uh, we definitely raise our level when we play these guys, and um, uh, we, we've gotten huge saves when we needed them uh, tonight. I mean, Miko stood tall, uh, especially first couple chances. I mean, he had one that uh, stuck through, and he still found a way to to keep it out. So, I mean, uh, that's huge for us. Um, but I think overall, we we try to limit their uh, their high quality uh, scoring chances from in tight, and uh, try and keep them to the outside as much as possible. And then we found a way to, to be able to capitalize on our chances this year against them. And if you play them in the playoffs, does this mean anything, or is this all kind of thrown out the window? Oh, I mean, obviously, uh, it's a fresh start in the playoffs, and uh, they'll be fired up to play. We'll be fired up to play. I mean, uh, who knows if we'll, we'll end up playing them. But, um, I mean, uh, if anything, we can take some momentum from this season series and uh, bring it into the playoffs. But, uh, obviously, it's a fresh start. Ryan Rashog, TSN. Ryan, since you've come back into the lineup, um, you know, it's been going fairly well for you. How have you felt, and how much does uh, having them go in like this for you, you know, help late in the year? Um, yeah, no, I, I felt I felt pretty good since being back and um, being back with uh, Leo and uh, Yamo. I mean, we've uh, tried to find the chemistry right away and um, create some scoring chances and uh, get some good looks out there and uh, at the same time be solid defensively. So um, overall, I mean, a few games back now and uh, feeling good. So uh, obviously I want to keep, uh, keep that going, uh, keep the feeling uh, going into the playoffs here. You had a lot of success as a trio last year. Um, like what are the small things that you do as a line offensively that can can maybe continue to generate that like you just seem to you know generate lots of offensive zone time but what are the small things you guys were doing well last year that you're you're trying to do again well it's uh, a lot of the time it's um, I mean we work to get the puck back uh, we support each other a lot uh, D zone O zone uh, we know that we got to come up with the puck before we can make a, a play happen on the net so um, our goal is kind of to to make those small area plays, get the puck back, get control, and then, uh, uh, then make something happen. But I think it's just being able to support each other, uh, reading off each other, and uh, obviously it helps when we know where each other's going to be. Daniel Nudrum Bowman, The Athletic. Ryan, uh, just to kind of expand on, on Ryan's uh, line of questioning there, I, I just wonder how kind of much has, has changed for you guys. It's, a, it's been a long time since you guys were regular line mates. Uh, well, how much has changed and, and what? how different is it to play with them now than it was maybe a year ago? Um, well, I, I think maybe the first game or two we had to, to get used to it again, but I think... Uh, um, like we had a we had a game against Toronto at home um, a while back uh, again uh, on the road somewhere, but um, obviously it takes some getting into when you, you get uh, back to into new line mates. But I think uh, the past couple games we've uh, started to read off each other better um, and found that chemistry again. And uh, obviously a huge thing for us is uh, keeping the puck out of our net and uh, just making sure that we're solid defensively and then uh, uh, create chances from there. And what would you say about the, the work of your goaltender tonight? It was his first start in, in three weeks and to allow one goal on, on 30 shots. Uh, what, what would you say? I mean, it's huge. He made some uh, huge saves, huge saves early, huge saves late. Um, obviously, coming down the stretch here, uh, you need that, and we try to uh, support him as much as we could. But at the end of the day, he's, uh, he made some big saves that kept us in it and, uh, and ultimately got us the win. Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Ryan, you only had three power plays. You scored two goals, and the winning goal only took 12 seconds. Uh, obviously, that's a, a turning point in the game. They didn't get a power play till very late, but you already scored two goals on a power play. Yeah, um, obviously special teams is, is, is huge. Um, we had success last year on it, and we've started to found that again this year. And um, uh, PK, uh, early in the game, we had to find a way to, to battle. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, the power plays, sometimes that's uh, the way you win games. And uh, tonight, got, it got the job done for us. All right, that is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He scored the game winner on the power play. Oilers two for three with the man advantage. The Jets were 0 for 1. Okay, back at it tomorrow. Home game against the Calgary Flames. Once again, a 5.30 faceoff show. They will drop the puck at 7 at Rogers Place. We have it all for you right here on 6.30. Ched, get more on this game and on the Oilers on 6.30ched.com or globalnews.ca. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer at the 630 Jet Broadcasting Compound. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Oilers take down the Jets 3-1. Talk to you tomorrow.